Well, we talked about uh, socialism. We talked about globalism. We talked about the economy today. We've talked about the fallen church. Um, we've talked about all these different topics. Uh, today, we're going to deal with cancel culture. I think it's very appropriate. You know, I've heard some people say, well, that's kind of falling at the wayside. It really isn't. It's still with us. We've seen it also today with the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial and what have you. So we're going to be talking about these things uh, because they're important. I believe it's very important for us to see what's going on as Christians and pray for the church. Next week we're going to talk about of spirituality, not only in our country, but also in the world. This is very important. We talk about the fallen church, but there's other ramifications we need to talk about. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. That's not what this is all about. But we need to have eyes open, hearts open, as we really, really uh, engage in some of these uh, concerns that we have, you know, in our, in our culture. Um, how many know who uh, Mike Lindell is? Look at that. All Mike, Mike Lindell, he was you know, CEO of MyPillow, he was canceled by 20 retailers after he publicly questioned the 2024 presidential election. Oh, excuse me, 2020, getting ahead of myself. Thank you. See, you're awake. That's very good. Election. And that in itself is disturbing to me. And then, I think, I believe in San Francisco, California, 44 churches were canceled. They had their names were, you were Lincoln, Washington, and Jackson. And they were canceled after the school board, after the school board decided to rename these schools because the names of the presidents, and I quote, were tied to racism and dishonorable legacies. All right. That's not, that's just the beginning. Just recently, uh, John Gruden, who's a head football coach of the NFL, uh, I think we believe it's the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, is that it? And he was canceled because of his racial statements he made back in 2011. I got that date right. Ten years ago. But since, he has apologized for, for offending that one person. And he said just recently, I'm not a racist. So the question there is, and he's suing the NFL National Football League because he believes something was leaked that was, I guess, in an email or whatever comment he made. So the question is, who leaked that email that has basically trashed his reputation, also his, his career? Actor, I think his name was uh, Roman Atkinson. He described cancer culture this way. He said, it's like a group of medieval mob that is looking for someone to burn. That's what's happening today. 
People are trying to burn other people. Now, how do we define cancel culture? I think it's very difficult to put it into one sentence, the term, what it means. But we do know this. We do know this. That coaches, pastors, teachers, CEOs, lawyers, whatever, politicians, and others are being canceled. They are not off limits to what's going on. And this, this matter of, of if you offend someone, or it could be a, a, you know, a public figure, whatever, they offend someone, that is met with what? It's met with uncompromise. It's met with contempt. It's met with unforgiveness. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, if you apologize or not. It doesn't matter because you are called out. You are canceled. Period. So this cancel culture, I believe, is really fueled by lies or half-truths that we see. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's fueled by, by politicians. It's fueled by some of the corporate world, some corporations. It's fueled by some other, you know, other organized groups that are ready to pounce to ruin reputations, and to make one's life miserable. That's it. That's what's going on today, all over our country. It's amazing that, why would anyone want to run for public office today? Why in the world would anyone want to do that? You know, it just amazes me. I mean, golly, for my past... They would really cancel me out big time. And probably you as well for the things you've done in your past. None of us are perfect. Amen and amen. So we're going to start the journey here. Let's look at my first thought for the love of Christ from John 13, 34, and 35. These are Jesus' words. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Here Jesus gave his disciples and us a new command that is to what? To be obeyed. Verse 34 again. Love one another as I have loved you. The most, to me, outstanding mark of a follower of Jesus Christ is not power, it's not miracles, it's not wisdom, it's not signs and wonders, but it's Christ's love manifested in us that allows us to love one another. Love is the greatest virtue because that's how we Christians grow in Christian strength, in character, in compassion, and integrity. All of which are the polar opposites of publicly humiliating people, trashing their reputations, and trying to get them fired. All for what? All, all this is happening for selfish gain and for political advantage. That is it. It disturbs me. I'm going to be talking about that Kyle Rittenhouse situation, but it really bothers me how I see more 
pastors getting into the fray here with this, you know, and really just hammering that whole situation. But that's what we are. That's what's going on in our world today. And Christians, we need to wake up. It's here. And it's just beginning. Do you suppose one day the time's going to come when they're going to try to cancel the Bible? You bet. That is coming. That could be next week. You bet. That is definitely coming. This leads us to my second uh, thought, Jesus' warning. Matthew 24, verses 8 through 12. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And if you really look at uh, Matthew 24, we talked about some of these, haven't we, uh, the past few weeks. So Jesus talking about the signs that are coming. He said, these are warning signs that if things are going to come, that's when you know that the last days are, are, are close. Okay? All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted. And put to death. And you will be, listen, you will be hated by all nations because of me, because of Christ. All that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow what? Will grow cold. Jesus was talking about the signs of his coming and warned about what is going to happen in the last days. Persecution of the church is coming. Hatred, wickedness, betrayal, all are coming our way. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Last days, the last days, the love of God and others will be undermined in a variety of ways. Why did they cancel Dr. Zeus? You know, really, something, why? You know, I don't understand that. Because of the, of the characters? You know? And how about Dewey's buddy Aaron Rodgers? You know, they really tried to cancel him because of the vaccine situation. They, many, many called him a liar, he lied, he lied. He really didn't lie if you listened to him. He felt like he was compromised, and so he was trying other avenues of treatment as opposed to the vaccine. No, he's a liar. One of his sponsors canceled Aaron Rodgers because of what? The lie. The lie. Being close to home, my neighbor's daughter, she's a public school kindergarten teacher, and she's been pressured by, by the school district, the school board, to really uh, teach on the what? The, can, uh, what is it, the CRT, critical race theory. Right now, she's struggling with that. What is she going to do? She said, if I have to teach this stuff, I'm going to quit. It's here. It's with us. Yes, we, we see all the increase of, of the hatred. We see the wickedness. And we see the betrayals. And there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. It's either you're, you're with me or you're against me, and I'm going to cancel you out. You know, we, we all have blown it, haven't we? Each and every one of us, 
You know, I, if they did a back check on all of us, I'm sure we'd get a little nervous because of some of the things we've done in our past. But cancel culture says this. It doesn't matter when you offended. It doesn't matter. You're going to be canceled. You are going to be pounced on. Your, your reputation is going to be shot and ruined. And that is it. There'll be no fresh starts. No nothing. You are canceled. That's what's going on today. I can't understand. I really can't understand why people, so many people are buying all of this. It doesn't make any sense to me, except for this. In the last days, Satan is blinding eyes. I think Satan is putting a veil over our country, and people are just like the swine. They're going right over the cliff because someone says one thing, and they just buy into it, and they just go with it. God isn't even in the equation. Where is God in all of this? I challenge any pastor that is affirming what's going on today and this Kyle Rittenhouse situation, what are you thinking? What about forgiveness? What about accepting what the law has, has required and was accomplished? What about that? What about a 17-year-old boy? I'm sure that this kid is probably just a mess What's going on? But he, what, he's 18 now? His life is pretty much trashed. Thank God there are people that still support him, but there's a whole lot of people out there that hate him. And that is not going to stop, in my view, for a long, long time, if ever. He's going to be stuck with this for the rest of his life. If we all could have a do-over, I know I would. I would would really try to correct some of my mistakes I made in the past. I really would. And I'm sure you would too. But we can't do that. But cancel, cancel culture says this. No, you can't. You're guilty. You're guilty. No love, no grace, no mercy, no understanding, no forgiveness, no fresh start, nothing. I don't want to hear about your remorse. I don't want to hear it because you need to be canceled. Where's that coming from? Boy, it's awful quiet in here. Well, let's hope that it gets a little bit more. We're going to get into now uh, number three. The overcoming through kindness, Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. Again, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. How do we counter cancel culture? Through the year, being watchful in prayer is, I think, is so healthy uh, for our well-being and the well-being of others. Through the years, Jen and I uh, prayed together. And I think this has strengthened our relationship in so many ways. Stop and think about this. How are we to counter all of this? Through prayer. That's the point. Listen, if you pray for someone with all your heart and you're very sincere, 
even when you're praying for that person that you just that just drives you nuts, that person that you you'd rather not be around, that person that just pushes you over the edge. But if you pray for that person, and you really sincerely pray for that person, your attitude for that one person will change for the better. It's amazing what the Spirit of God can do when we pray sincerely for someone else. Now, imagine when, if we pray for someone they're really fond of. When we do, our bondage of love for that person will grow and grow and grow and grow. Prayer does change things. I tell people, you've got to pray. Even when, when we, we, we're really upset, we need to pray and pray and pray what's going on in our country. Because if we don't pray, then, you know, anyway, verse 5. I'm getting to my really point in this particular uh, passage. Be wise in the way you act toward others. Make the most of every opportunity. It is important that we Christians try to live wisely when we are around non-Christians or when we try to respond to this, this cancel culture. Our witness should be driven by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit driven in love without compromising the truth. Can we do this? Can we, can we pray for others without compromising the truth, the word of God, biblical principles? Bible says, yes, we can. And we need to speak out. Churches need to speak out what's going on in their world. You know, I've been taught in seminary, you don't talk about political things in the pulpit. We need to today. We need to today. God's voice needs to be heard by all born-again, spirit-filled Christians. We need to pray for a world that is cracking up. We are cracking up by the, by the seams we are. And lying seems to be just, we lie. We're teaching our kids to lie. Our leaders are teaching our kids to lie. It's okay to lie. That's how we get along. That's how we are going to progress. That's what we do. We lie, we lie, we lie, we lie. We make the most out of every opportunity through prayer. I know I could be uh, preaching to the choir here, but that's why prayer is so, so important. Keep praying. Keep praying for your country. Pray for people. Pray for what Just keep praying and praying and praying. And here's where I really want to go in verse 6. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul was speaking not only how to relate to those who are outside of Christ, but also how to relate to anybody. Listen, our words and actions have consequences. Our words and actions can bless. Our words and actions can hurt. Our words and actions can encourage. Our words and actions can give hope. Right? That's true. You know, I have a big, I mean, a big drawer full of notes. Uh, I have letters cards, 
plaques and various uh, artworks from people young and old that I've served through the years. And for many of them have come at a time when I perhaps really needed a lift. And I can tell you, I'm not going to name names, whatever, but I received from my church family here some things that are on my kitchen wall, a plaque that I love and cherish, that I want all my friends and family to see when they come in. I got another little plaque that's in my, uh, it's a beautiful little artistic thing that's in my other room, whatever. And all of these things, all these little letters and all these things, I save. So one day, one day when, when I'm, you know, I've retired or whatever, I'm in my rocking chair, I can go through all of these things and have great memories and remembrances of, of by people that God has called me to serve. It's a wonderful thing. That's, you can't put a dollar value on that. I'm not looking for a raise. I'm just saying you cannot put a dollar value on that. But really what I want to talk about, remember Paul said, said uh, season and salt. Verse 6, season and salt. Salty speech. Salty speech is... Mm. Well, how would I explain that? I think Paul would say salty speech really is is heartfelt, down-to-earth language. Our witness should not be filled with sanctimonious platitudes. It's what's in the heart. None of this, you know, I'm sorry, but so many people get into holier-than-thou, this piety language, whatever, it's Jesus said, it's from what's in the heart. Jesus ministered to people where they were at. He never really used the long, fancy words, though I'm not really discounting that. I'm all for education. But it's got to come from the heart. That's where the salt is. It comes from the heart. What you say from your heart, that is so, so important. So when when I feel that I want to express something to a person, I'm going to do it from my heart. I love you guys. I love you. I love the word love because it's, it shouldn't be thrown around just as a word, but it's, it comes from the heart. I love my wife from my heart. I love you as my brothers and sisters in Christ from my heart. Be who you are. Don't try to be someone else. Let your language be out of love for each other. You know, I'm not knocking seminaries, but I just, this is something, it's amazing. I can go to, and, and I was part of that, to, I love to, or love maybe, maybe not a good word in this, in this situation, love to hear someone just graduated from seminary giving the first message and it's fascinating for some of them, not all of them, that my experience is we, when they have the message, you gesture at this point. You gesture at this point. You say your prayer, your canned prayer in front of you like this. Everything is orchestrated. 
And God said, you gotta, you got to move from your heart. It's good. It's good to have structure. But it has to be structured in the Holy Spirit. I've probably beaten this one in the ground quite a bit. But that is so important. My, my fourth point, we always have to close with a positive note, don't we? Forgive and forget. That is an interesting concept, isn't it? To forgive and forget. We don't do a very good job these days with forgiving and forgetting. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Which on my mind, I've been following this all week, was this Kyle Rittenhouse, I've talked to it about four times now, case. And I was really trying to figure out what was going on. What was, why were the, all the, why were so many people so against this young man? Granted, I'm not taking away, two people were killed. And one was seriously wounded. I understand that. But why he You have these riots and people from all walks of life. Politicians are just on this. And they're lies. I have never seen so much lying in my life. Now, they had, I, I don't know if you watched it last night or whatever on the news, they interviewed of a young man who, during these Kenosha riots, he was there, he was videoing all of this. He had, he was, vid- all of it that was going on. So they interviewed him, they asked his impressions. What do you think? What do you think about all this? He said, most of the media is lying. They are just spawning lies about what really happened. He said, their false narratives are, are just ripping us apart. And he said, I know the truth because I was there. I videoed all of this. I videoed every action, every month. In fact, that was used in the trial. He said, this young man is innocent. He did this in self-defense. I know you can argue about weapons, whatever. But if somebody has got a gun to you, whatever, what would you do if you had a gun? You would shoot him, wouldn't you? You say, maybe you wouldn't. I would bet my bottom dollar, if you were put in that situation, we probably all would have done what that kid had done. Anybody that saw when that verdict was read that that was all phony baloney, take a look. You, actions and hearts do not lie. He was absolutely overwhelmed and his family. I'm all for justice. What happened here? What happened? We say that we want justice, but when justice is served, we rebel because we don't like the outcome. Isn't that like the little kid that doesn't get his own way or her way? They stomp her on, they stomp out of the room because things didn't go the way they wanted to go. Why all this hatred? Why all this division? Why all of this wickedness that we see? Well, we should not be surprised because Jesus said, you will have this. 
Your hearts will turn cold. Love will be kind of pushed aside. Intelligent people are being duped. Intelligent people are walking down a trail that God does not want them to walk. We don't have all the answers, but we have the truth. And when we stick to the word, we follow the word. We need to speak up. It could be a friend. It could be a neighbor or whatever it is. Don't hide your feelings. Speak truth in love. Amen. Speak truth in love. In today's cancel culture, mistakes of the past or present are seen as opportunities for criticisms, for judgments, characterized by unforgiveness, no second chances. But here Paul offers an antidote to cancel culture mentality. Verse 6 again. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving as God in Christ forgives us. This is a wonderful description of how we are to relate to others like Paul. We Christians can't uh, get away from the cross. And at no time is the power of the cross more important than at this moment in our history. Let's face cancel culture and its ideology through the power of the cross. I just want to say this for those of you who are looking for a Thanksgiving message. Why don't we let this Thanksgiving celebration remind us of the blessings that we have living in this country? I know, I know we are a mess. and we know it but what a blessing it is to live in this country it's because of our freedom that we can protest isn't it it's because of our freedom we can have differences of opinion it's because of our freedom that we are who we are what a blessing it is would you rather live someplace else I like it right here. But I don't like what's going on sometimes. We need to talk, you know, speak about that as well. When you gather together, I pray for your Thanksgiving this Thursday. I pray that God will bless you. Bless your family. Bless your friends. And I hope in the midst of what's going on in our country right now, We know that Jesus is in control. We know what we know is going on. But God loves us. We have nothing to fear. In Christ we have nothing to fear. And what a blessing it is to come together with family and friends and pray for a Thanksgiving meal for all the blessings that God has given us. Let us be alert. Let us be thankful. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for who you are. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you just uh, be, with our, be with our country, Lord, and this cancel culture, Lord. Lord, the people that we are concerned about, the people that we, that I have just 
basically, um, in a sense, have, have, have been critical of that movement. But I'm still reminded, Lord, that you love them. You died for them on the cross. I pray for their salvation. I pray, Lord, that there be awakening in our country of those that have that veil over them, that that veil will be removed and the truth and the power of the cross will be revealed for your glory and your honor. In Christ's name, amen.